The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey there. Welcome to this edition of The Shaleen Show. Today we're talking about alcohol. Can you drink alcohol and still lose weight? If you are drinking alcohol, is there a lower sugar option? Or what's the best drink to consume if you're watching your waistline? Can you drink and still reach your health and fitness objectives? And if you're trying to follow a low sugar or a a low-carbohydrate lifestyle, is there room for alcohol consumption? And what impact does alcohol have on our brain health? That and so much more answers to all of your questions today on The Shaleen Show. Welcome to The Shaleen Show. Shaleen is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. I promise that in this episode, I will answer the question you probably have, which is, Shaleen, do you drink? And if you do, how much? And if you don't, why not? I'm going to answer those questions later. But I'm also going to cover in this episode which alcohols, if you're going to be consuming them, how much of an effect do they have on you? I'm going to share with you some recent scientific studies on the effects of alcohol consumption and your physical training objectives. And I'll also talk to you about like what's going on in your body and why is it some of you sometimes can just have one cocktail and you feel like you are hit by a Mack truck. If that's you, I'm going to have some very interesting insights for you that will explain why this is likely happening. But let's start first with what happens when we consume alcohol. What happens in the body? Like we know what happens when we consume a normal meal. But what happens when we consume alcohol? I should start by saying that there's many nutritionists who believe that there should not just be three macronutrients. Aside from just fat, protein, and carbohydrates, there are those who believe that ketones should be their own macronutrient and alcohol should also be represented as a macronutrient. The biggest difference, however, is that the macronutrients which are essential are fats, protein, and carbohydrates. Alcohol is not. When you consume alcohol, your body takes it in and it converts alcohol into another state by using several different enzymes that we produce naturally. Now, there's no need for me to go into them because you won't remember them and I'll have a hard time pronouncing them. Just know that those enzymes are something we produce naturally, which means some of you may not produce enough of those enzymes that break them down, and some of us may produce them in excess. And as you know, the liver is responsible for removing toxins or filtering toxins, if you will. So the liver has to work extra hard the more of these toxins that are present, which is going to be at a higher rate depending upon the type and the amount of alcohol that you're drinking. The question that many people have is, what effect does alcohol have on my diet or my training? So the answer to that question lies in a couple of things. Number one, how much alcohol are you drinking? Number two, what's your goal? Number three, how much sugar have you already consumed? And other toxins that your liver has to work overtime to filter out. Toxins of any type place a strain on the liver. Okay, before we get too technical on all of this, let's just have a heart-to-heart for a moment. You started listening to this podcast, and I'll just bet a million bucks 
you already have a preconceived belief about alcohol. And maybe in the back of your mind, you think to yourself, it's probably not that healthy. I'll tell you who's not listening to this episode, people who don't drink, because they don't need to worry about it. Nobody's listening to this podcast going, oh, I wonder if I should be drinking more alcohol to get healthier. No one's doing that. The people who are listening to this episode are people who occasionally have a cocktail, who are drinking maybe too much, or maybe who are drinking occasionally and wondering if it's having an impact on the results, or people who are drinking like way, way too much. And you just need to hear that. You just need to know how damaging it is to you. Either way, I want to cut to the chase. And before we get into the science, I want to just talk to you about common sense. It is said that what we feel tells us what we need to know. And isn't that the truth? So let me just ask you this. How do you feel when you drink? How do you feel after you drink? How do you feel the next day? Because that right there gives you most of your answers. If you feel like crap, if you feel horrible, if you feel like you got hit by a Mack truck, or if you just don't feel your best, well, that's a lot of information that you should be paying attention to. Regardless of what you're looking for or searching for in a headline or a news article or a podcast or a book or a blog post, if you never feel better after a night of drinking, why do we continue to drink? Or maybe you're just human and you enjoy how it feels to let loose, you know, the effects of alcohol. You enjoy the way that feels from time to time. And you're wondering if, in fact, there's a certain type of alcohol that you could consume that's maybe less damaging. Either way, I've got answers to all your questions. Okay, let's start with what we know. Alcohol, if you drink too much of it, makes you feel the effects of hangovers. It often makes you feel more tired, a little more foggy or confused, just low energy. It doesn't do much for our appearance. I mean, you're never going to see someone who drinks on a regular basis who looks younger. Fact, people who drink on a regular basis I hate to break it to you. You have a look. People who smoke, feel free to write me hate mail, but the truth is sometimes hard to hear. And that's coming from a former smoker. We can tell by looking at you that you drink regularly and you smoke. You just can. I mean, there's rarely a person who can get away with pulling that off physically. So we know this to be true. We also know that there are certain health risks associated with drinking too much. Long term, we know that it increases the risk of developing a long list of health conditions, including breast cancer, oral cancers, heart disease, stroke. And research shows that high alcohol consumption, now that's not someone just having, you know, one alcoholic drink per day, but high alcohol consumption, which could be for women more than two drinks per day, has an impact on your mental health. It impairs your memory. And I don't think it's any surprise that it disrupts hormone regulation. In fact, studies on fertility suggest that even light drinking, meaning less than one cocktail per day, can impair a woman's ability to conceive. While heavy drinking in men lowers sperm count and sperm quality. I honestly feel like a lot of these facts are just common knowledge. Like we know this, we know this to be true, and we're just trying to minimize the damage, or maybe you're just ignoring those things, those facts. But I also think that there's a handful of things you need to know about alcohol that you might not be aware of. It might just be the thing that motivates you to make better decisions when it comes to alcohol consumption. And before I go much further, I'm not opposed to having a cocktail and for you to have the occasional alcoholic beverage if you should choose to. As you know, 
My ideology, the one through one method, applying that approach to your life means that you're enjoying life, that you're not restricting yourself from doing the things that help you to feel happy and to have a community and to enjoy yourself and to live your life in moderation, right? So I'm not opposed to that. But I do want to share with you some things you might not be aware of. For example, did you know that when you consume alcohol, because it is a toxin, number one, and because it's higher in calories, than proteins and carbohydrates. And it's so easily broken down in the body. And because it's considered a toxin by the body, your metabolism basically shuts down and focuses all of its attention on your alcohol. Alcohol is stored most easily, most readily as fat. And in fact, I'm going to link in my show notes to a couple of very interesting studies about the concentration of adipose fat around the abdominal region in people who drink more than one cocktail per day. Now, here's the other funny thing. When I say one cocktail per day, that's one serving. I shouldn't say one cocktail. That's one alcoholic serving, which is about five to six ounces of wine, which is a really small pour <laughs> compared to what they serve at most restaurants and you know these oversized wine glasses that we're so accustomed to using we're like oh yeah i'm just having a singular glass of wine when actually what you're having is two and a half based on the these ginormous wine glasses that we've upgraded to but if you measure out five to six ounces you're going to realize it's a really light pour and that's of wine now when we're talking about an alcoholic beverage that's like an ounce to an ounce and a half so if we know one serving, one alcoholic serving per day from what most studies say has minimal impact on your health. What we do know, however, is that increased amounts of sugar and toxins are never good for us. So honestly, I don't know about you, but I can't imagine drinking a cocktail or having wine every single day in the name of health. Whatever it is that's in wine that you're looking for, polyphenols or resveratrol, you can find it in other things. So be very careful that you're not just, you know, deciding to look for a headline that serves your bad habit. And then maybe ask yourself, why do you need to escape every night? You know, and that might be a more serious question to address. Here's the question. Could you go 30 days without? Because if you couldn't go 30 days without, that means you're becoming very dependent upon it. And it just needs to be looked at. And we should probably do a whole nother episode about that. I really want this episode to be for you to decide how to make healthier choices when it comes to your alcohol. Okay, so we know that the body basically puts our metabolism on hold. So that means you're going to stop metabolizing fat so that your body, specifically your liver, can deal with the toxins that have just been introduced in the form of alcohol. And that's what's going to focus on. And let's talk about toxins for a moment. Toxins in alcohol. This is almost laughable. In the United States, manufacturers of alcohol and wine are not required <laughs> to list the ingredients on the label. There could be formaldehyde in your alcohol. You have no idea. And they're not obligated to tell you. The only thing they have to tell us is the alcohol content. And that's it. I mean, that's ridiculous. That is ludicrous. And you get what you pay for. Let me tell you, cheap alcohol is loaded 
with toxins, with additives and preservatives and things which in many cases are likely to be considered carcinogenic, cancer-causing. And how would you know? Because they're not required to put it on the friggin' label. That is so ridiculous. The toxins in alcohol, you have no idea what you're drinking in many cases. Which leads me to a personal confession. Back in my, you know, let's cut calories day, I was very much into sugar-free or, quote, skinny-type cocktails, fake cocktails, right? Now, I'm not a big drinker. I'll tell you that straight up front. I drink maybe, maybe twice a week, maybe, right? Sometimes not at all. It's just one of those things, like if it's the right situation, usually if we're with friends, I might have a cocktail. If it's been a really, really hard day and I have, you know, just like need to kick back with bread, I might have a glass of wine. I never do more than that. Literally, I can think of since graduating from college, maybe two times that I've had more than two cocktails. That's it. I mean, I just don't because I don't feel better. I don't feel like I'm more articulate. I'm not smarter. I'm not cuter. I'd like to be in control. And I don't feel in control if I'm buzzed, you know? So that's why I don't drink. I don't like the way I feel the next day. But anyways, when I used to drink these skinny cocktails, like a skinny margarita or Sorry, Bethany Frankel, I think you're awesome, but the skinny girl cocktail line, like those things are loaded with fake ingredients. And every time I would have one, like in the middle of drinking, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I have a headache. Why do I have such a throbbing headache? I don't know why I wasn't just putting two and two together. And the most horrific hangovers. I now know a big part of that is because, probably because, I have the MTHFR gene mutation, as does a great many of us in the population, which means that our body doesn't methylate properly, which means we have a difficult time getting rid of toxins. And you, if you have that, are likely going to feel the effects of a hangover far more than the average person. Now, there's also some speculation that some people have a reaction to the histamine or maybe a reaction to the sulfates in alcohol. But I think more often than not, it's toxins that we're not even aware of. You know, we do all this food sensitivity testing. It's the study of one, and we're trying to figure out, like, what works for me and what doesn't work for me. And gluten and, you know, like, what things is my body sensitive to? How would you freaking know if it's never on the label, right? So that's the first thing is to take a look at the toxins. Then the next thing I want you to think about is the sugar, the impact of sugar. Now, Alcohols basically might as well be sugar, even though not all of them are. But even if you're looking at a low sugar alcohol, like say tequila or a whiskey or vodka, that's great. But what are you mixing it with that is high in sugar? And more importantly, because of that, the feeling you get when you're drinking, that intoxication, if you will, we know for a fact, based on studies, and I'll link to many of these in our show notes, that when we drink alcohol, we tend to crave more carbohydrates. And that is because our bad gut bacteria feeds the gut, which it then therefore wants more of those same type of nutrients. It wants more carbohydrates. It wants more sugar. It spikes our insulin. It lowers our leptin. Remember, leptin is the hormone that regulates hunger. So we are typically even more hungry and we crave sugary and or carbohydrate-laden foods. It's said that when we're drinking alcohol, that our sense of smell and our sense of taste is heightened, which makes the experience even more exciting. 
In other words, we want more food and now we're inhibited because we're drinking alcohol. So you can see how this turns into a spiral. Oh, get this. Oh, and I'll link to this study as well. In one of these research studies, they found that people underreported the amount of alcohol they drink on average by as much as 50%. What that means, I don't think that means that we're lying. I think that means that we think, okay, I'm having a glass of wine. And we're thinking that that is a serving. But as I mentioned earlier, heavy pouring, like someone who's actually has a bigger glass or they're saying, yeah, I'm having one cocktail, but they're really not having an ounce and a half. They're saying one cocktail and they've just done a heavy pour of Jack Daniels. Like that is why we are underestimating how much we're drinking because we're not actually measuring it. You might be thinking, well, I guess I'm safe because I'm only having one cocktail every couple of days when actually you might be having two or three. Okay, so let's recap. So we know that having more than one serving of alcohol per day is associated with additional abdominal circumference. In other words, you're going to have a big fat belly. Okay, we know that. We also know that it takes its toll on the liver. We know that it takes its toll on our appearance. We know that we feel worse the next day. We know that it impacts our liver, our hormones, our fertility, our brain health. We know all of these things. Okay, so Shalene, what if I want to stay within those limits? Is it damaging to my health? Is it damaging to my physical training efforts if I'm staying within those limits? And if I were to have just one alcoholic serving per day or less, would that damage my results? I would love to tell you, yes, it would. But frankly, I can't do that because there isn't any scientific study that substantiates that yet. I can tell you that, in fact, some of the studies that I looked at were unfortunately inconclusive, meaning there weren't any damaging effects to show that there was a negative impact on body weight and body fat for people, again, who were able to keep consumption under one serving per day. Now, I haven't seen studies that break down the type of alcohol or what they specifically meant by body fat, but we do know, in general, most people are underestimating how much they're drinking by 50%, which is crazy. Okay, so then let's just assume that from time to time, you're going to have an adult beverage. Is that a big deal? It doesn't seem to be. But what I'd like you to think about is how you can minimize the negative effects even more so by using your good body common sense. So here's some important tips for you. You ready? Number one, look at your alcohol the same way you look at your food choices. You're not going to eat garbage, right? Like you flip packages over and you look at the back of them and you look at the ingredient list. And if it's loaded with things that you've never heard of, if it's loaded with toxins and you know it's pure garbage, you don't eat it. Now, how do you make that same decision when it comes to alcohol if most manufacturers are not listing the ingredients on the label? Well, number one, stay far, far away from pre-mixed cocktails. You know, the kind that come in little cans that are mixers and coladas and spritzers and, you know, all those light beverages. Those are loaded with additives. They're loaded with chemicals, synthetic ingredients, and you don't even know what's in them. So look for choices that are organic, gluten-free, with minimal processing. When you're drinking cheap alcohol, you get what you paid for. 
For me, my choice at the moment is to do a zero sugar organic wine imported from Europe. Now that might sound very expensive, very costly. I'm going to give you more information on that in just a moment. But if that's not available, like let's say if we're at a very nice restaurant and I want to have a beverage, then basically what I'll do is I'll order a vodka and Pellegrino, which is a sparkling water, probably the cleanest of ingredients when it comes to sparkling waters, a Pellegrino with vodka, maybe some lemon juice and a little bit of stevia. And that's it. You know, if I'm at home, I might do my lemon ginger water and I'll just mix that with a little bit of vodka. I honestly don't like hard liquor. But if you're going to do hard liquor, order top shelf. Ask for premium brand. Avoid mixing it with other things that are high in sugar, often found in like frozen drinks or daiquiris or margaritas. It doesn't make any sense if you're ordering a zero sugar alcoholic beverage and then you're mixing it with uh, juices and other things that are loaded with sugars. Now, when it comes to champagnes, the drier the champagne you know, considering like a brute champagne, the drier the champagne, typically the lower in sugar it is. Now, when it comes to wine, it's often thought that red wine is better than white wine. But honestly, the truth is the more sugar in the wine and the more preservatives and additives that are in that wine, the worse it is for you. So it's not the color that makes a wine good or bad for you. It is honestly in the processing of the wine that you need to consider. And that's why when I've started researching the effects of alcohol on ketosis and the effects of alcohol on, you know, detoxifying my body as I'm trying to heal my brain, I discovered that a lot of the experts who I've been learning from, like the Dave Asprey's, the Mark Sissons, the JJ Virgins, they were talking about a wine that was basically sugar-free. And I thought, it was a brand at first, but what I've come to learn is that there is a company by the name of Dry Farms. I haven't talked about it because I wanted to order it myself and really understand their process, just like as I did with ButcherBox. Now, ButcherBox is a supplier, an importer, I should say, of animal meat that has been procured. Like they do such a careful selection process. This isn't a podcast about meat, but the reason why I'm talking about this is because of the process that I went through to feel comfortable enough, first of all, ordering ButcherBox for my family and using that as my go-to source so that I didn't have to worry about the types of meats I'm buying and where to find it and what we have on hand. I went to the source, ButcherBox, and they ship me meats that have been imported that are of the highest quality from small farms where the animals are ethically treated. They're even ethically slaughtered where they are raised on pastures as close to their natural environment as possible. And that's ButcherBox, butcherbox.com forward slash Shaleen if you want to see their latest special. So I started looking into Dry Farm Wines. That's dryfarmwines.com forward slash Shaleen. And I've been doing this now for quite a while before actually talking to you about it because I, I wanted to understand, okay, what is their standard for these wines that they import? And they're all European. They're all completely organic. They're organically farmed. There's no chemicals. They're synthetic free. It's a natural whole product. Now, most of the time, wines here in the United States are farmed in one location and then the wine is created or manufactured in another area. 80% or from the water that goes to the grapevine is from irrigation. In other words, above ground. And the fact that manufacturers do not have to list ingredients on the label, like that's a really big concern. 
Well, Dry Farm Wines, what they do is they import European wines from small private farmers. They have all of the wines third-party independently evaluated in labs to ensure that they are basically sugar-free. And they're sugar-free and they are without the additives that are allowed here in the United States. Did you know that the FDA actually allows 76 different additives in American wines? And in fact, as long as an ingredient is what they consider GRAS, which stands for generally regarded as safe, oh boy, that means no one's died from it yet, then it's permitted. All of these additives, all of these toxic ingredients and the way that they treat wines so that they can manufacture them quicker and faster, that has an impact on our health, on the toxicity of our liver, on our gut health. That combined with the increase in sulfates and histamines has an impact on our health when we're drinking alcohol. So I decided to do some taste testing, not just taste testing, but I wanted to see because frankly, if I have more than a glass of wine, like if I have two glasses of wine the next day, I'm done. I feel horrible. I mean, I feel like I've done an all-nighter. I'll feel like I have the flu. I don't feel like exercising. I have a migraine. I just feel foggy and gross and really, really hungover. So I decided to test their wines. And first of all, if you've ever had really, really good quality meat, you know what I'm talking about. There's a difference in the quality of the wine. I don't know about you. Normally when I would open up a bottle of wine, I'd be like, ah, oh, the smell is even kind of gross. I'm not really a wine connoisseur. Like, so I, I don't love the smell of wines. I'm like, I don't know. It just wasn't very appealing to me. And I've never found a bottle of wine where I'm like, this is delicious or smooth or whatever. And by the way, Dry Farms, they import from a variety of farms. So I tried six different varieties imported from Europe and then shipped to me from Dry Farm Wines. And every single one of them, I thought, holy cow, this is so smooth. It's delicious. It tastes clean. It tastes fresh. It doesn't taste like a toxin. You know, some alcohols, you literally go... Well, this can't be good. <laughs> this can't be good for you. I honestly felt like you could just taste how fresh it was and organic and clean. I guess that's the word I would use is clean. Didn't have a headache. I didn't have the brain fog. I didn't wake up feeling a little under the weather or foggy. I didn't have a hangover. It was unbelievable. So I tried six bottles of wine all in one night. Just kidding. <laughs> we ordered six bottles and over the course of I don't know how long and I had friends over and I had them try them too and I was just really really impressed not just with the taste not with the fact that it was zero sugars but with the non-impact that it had on my body and my brain and everything else so that doesn't mean I'm going to start drinking more it just means now I can feel better about when I do make a decision and I have the ability to make a more informed, healthier decision. That's my choice. If you're a wine drinker, I want to encourage you to try Dry Farms. Now listen, I have an affiliate code for you, which means I you know, earn some money from it if you purchase it using my link and you get a special offer. But if you don't want to use my link, I don't care. I just want to tell you about this because I learned about it from people who I trusted and because I wanted to test it and do the research myself. And I wanted for you to have a resource. And I, I'm going to look for additional ones too, because I know there's got to be someone out there who's importing probably alcohols and maybe even champagnes that 
meet these same quality standards. And I love that there are companies doing this for us. Like it makes it so freaking convenient, whether it's makeup, your produce, or your wines. I love that there are founders out there who see that the government doesn't care about what we're putting in our bodies. But if we can find a founder who understands that there's a percentage of us out there who are willing to pay extra because it is a little more expensive to have grass-finished meat. And it is a little more expensive to use quality-grade makeup and skincare lines. And it is a little bit more expensive to put higher-quality European wines with no sugar, no additives, no pesticides, 100% organic wines. That is going to be a little bit more expensive. But what is your health worth to you? Now, I know that's not for everybody, But if that's something that's important to you, I love that there are companies that are leading the way and giving us these options. And I'm going to continue to search for them, vet them, do my research, and share with you my findings. So you can go to dryfarmwines.com forward slash Shaleen, just my first name. And again, if you have never heard of ButcherBox, go to their website and learn more about what it is they offer. You go to butcherbox.com forward slash Shaleen. Awesome gifts. If you're looking for gifts this year for that person where you you know you want them to receive something every single month, ButcherBox is amazing. Dry Farm Wines would be amazing. I'm going to bring more of these to you. Okay, so bottom line, alcohol, it's not a health choice. It's not something that you want to do to improve your health. But if you are going to be drinking, make sure that you're thinking about the alcohol you put in your body just like anything else. Minimize your risks minimize the toxins, pay attention to the ingredients, pay attention to the way your body feels. Think about your gut health. Think about your brain health. Think about the legacy that you're leaving for your loved ones. I hope this has been fun for you. Uh, Love to hear your thoughts. Love to hear what you thought about this episode. As always, please be sure to reach out to me. I love hearing from you on Instagram stories. Love that. Of course, Snapchat still. I'm still on Snapchat. I know everybody else is leaving, but I'm still there. So that's a great place to reach me because it's it's kind of quiet. It's easy to get my attention. And as always, you know, Facebook, etc. I just love that you guys spend this time with me. Thank you for allowing me to do this research and to share my answers and to hear back from you. Thank you for subscribing to the podcast. That's huge. That's the only way you're going to know that there's new episodes out. Don't forget to subscribe, not just to The Shaleen Show, but also to Build Your Tribe. All right. Thanks for spending this time with me. You are the bomb.com. I love you, and I'll talk to you soon. This edition of The Shalene Show was brought to you by 131 Movement. Stop dieting. Save your brain. Save your gut. Live longer. Feel better. Stop going on a diet or following somebody else's rules and figure out what it means to have your own diet. Figure out a method that actually serves you, that helps you to be a better version of yourself. Let go of all of this craziness and confusion that surrounds diet and understand the science, the science of one, the study of one. Join the 131 movement today. We're taking back the word diet and getting what we are rightfully entitled to, which is our health. You deserve not just to look amazing, but to feel amazing. I'd love for you to learn more about my personal journey and why this is a true passion for me. I invite you to learn more by going to 131movement.com.